the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And a holiday good afternoon to you right here on the Stefan Tub Show. Randy Corcoran sitting in for my good buddy, Stefan. Grateful to be here. Always glad to have you along. And at 405, man, we've got an awful lot to do. I was here for Deb Flora. So this is kind of a continuation, and I forgot to – I just ran myself out of time in uh, Deb's show to let you know that I believe Deb will be back tomorrow, back in the saddle tomorrow. And we wrapped up the show, ran out of time, with Malachi O'Brien, who is the Guinness Book of World Records record holder, unofficial because he's continuing to run. Uh, today he ran his 81st consecutive 26.2-mile marathon every single day. And there's no sign of stopping. He told us in the last segment that um, his target, his next target, is to beat the women's record as well, which is at 106. So he's still got about 25, a little over three weeks, three and a half weeks to go of running that sucker every single day. And he's running it in Colorado. But there's a little miracle attached to that story. And since I got him on too late in Deb's show, we're going to bring him back in the final hour here of the Stefan Tubbs show to share that miracle with you and uh, and also tell you why he is doing this, why he is running 26.2 miles every single day. Very, very cool. You can follow Malachi O'Brien uh, just using his name. It's uh, kind of one of a kind on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to have to look, but I'm pretty sure he's got a Facebook page as well when we get him back in the final hour. We'll see um, where else we can get a hold of him. So we're going to get back to the phones. Edwin in Hawaii had called in, so we're going to get him back on the line here in just a couple minutes. I see the great American is standing by. We'll go to him first. But um, just want to give the layout of the show for you as well. Around 420, 425, Tyler Boyer is going to join us. He is the Republican National Committee man from Arizona, paying close attention to what went on with Kerry Lake and the Kerry Lake lawsuit. Um, he and the Arizona GOP and that contingent have come out in support already of Harmeet Dillon for RNC chair. So we're going to talk about that. Definitely interested in your take on the RNC chair battle. Got some audio of Rana that I think you'll find interesting. And um, and then at 520, going to be joined by my dear friend and uh, just one of the smartest politicos that I know the founder and driving force behind the committee to defeat the president, former Colorado State Senator Ted Harvey, will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. And as I said, we'll get Malachi back here in the 6 o'clock just to get that miracle side of the story on the record. He's been on my Saturday show, which is uh, 5 to 8 p.m., and uh, at least starting January 7th, we'll pick up that uh, that third hour, 5 to 8 this coming Saturday, we're going to do a pre-recorded two-hour show for you with some interviews that I know, I believe, that you will enjoy. Regular Saturday listeners know Malachi's miracle story, but I think you'll like it. So if you're listening on the podcast, go back and get the later podcasts as well. If you can, stick around or join us again in the 6 o'clock hour. Really a great Christmas story from a very godly man doing very important things 
Really, really cool. I heard Lori Kelman, our news gal, talking about, can you say that now? News gal? Is that is that politically incorrect? News person. News. She's really good. So whatever you call her, just call her a pro. But I heard her mention Pipes Frozen, and um, Leroy Deffenbaugh's back, and he's behind the glass, and he had some pipe freezing this um, this particular cold stretch. And I just had one sink in my house where the hot water stopped running. And I remembered it as soon as it happened that the last time we had sub-zero weather, that was the only pipe that stopped. So, And I, I had forgotten to turn it on, let it just drip. You know, that's how you keep your pipes going, keep a little hot and a little cold running. Um, that usually will do it every single time. So I just turned it on a little, and by the night after the 18 below, it was already running free again. So I didn't have any problem. Big news, and then we'll get to phones. Mike Pence has thrown his hat into the presidential ring for 2024. What are your thoughts, Mike Pence? 303-696-1971. While you're thinking about that, let's get to some of these phone calls, and we'll start with the great American, Eric Manning. Welcome back, my brother. How are you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, my brother. God bless you and the family. Thank you. Randy, I just have to say, because I wrote my notes when I texted you and wished you and your family a very merry uh, Christmas. I think that I'm myself, I'm going to speak for myself, Randy Corcoran, that I classify the Democrat Party because of what they're doing to this country as terrorists. I want to put them on the terrorist, terrorist list because of what they let Antifa and what they let Black Lives Matters do to our, our Democrat cities, how they destroyed our country. And Biden, Obama, I want to classify myself, I speak for, as a terrorist party because they don't care about the border. That's a terrorist act. They're not protecting us because of what they've done, letting Ray Epps do and bringing all of people in the Capitol. That's a terrorist act. The Democrats are letting everybody run rapid of what they're doing to my president, Donald Day Trump. That's a terrorist act. And that's all I got to say about that. God bless you. Well, God bless you. Well, st stick around just one second, Eric, because okay. because I want and and you don't even. I'm need, hot as fish uh, grease, Randy. It's all right, buddy, and and we don't. And here's the one thing I want to say: I do not believe that the Democrat Party or all Democrats are terrorists, and and the reason that I'm sensitive to this particular issue is because with this, R, for instance, the RNC race going on. I hear very articulate, powerful conservatives on air and elsewhere, social media or whatever, condemning the entire Republican Party because of Mitch McConnell and his allies signing a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill, because of John McCain, you know, thumbs down when he could have been the deciding vote to overturn Obamacare, not standing up and fighting back. And when you sweep with that broad brush, there are Democrats out there who voted for Donald Trump 
There are Democrats out there who believe we should have a sovereign border. Maybe we disagree on social you're, issues you're or right. other things. You're yeah, you're right. I'm talking about the Democrat Party. I'm talking about the Democrat Party are terrorists the peop- because they're destroying our country. Yes. Yeah. Not the people. No, not the Democrat people. No, the Democrat Party. But um, but that that's no. Office. But that's no different. That's just me. I know, but that's no different than everybody that I see on social media as they're trying to get me to. Uh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. They're included as well, Mr. Corcoran. The, the media, they're terrorists, too, because they should speak upon the best for the United States of America and our future. Yeah, my, my that's suggestion. what I'm talking about, and I'm fed up. Uh, all yes, right, sir. Eric. God bless you, man. I appreciate oh you. God. Happy New okay, Year, my friend. I'm hot. I'm hot. All right, man. All right. And, but my point there is that and I and I've responded on on social media to some of these folks who are saying that, you know, the entire Republican Party is corrupt, that all, everybody has to be swept out of the RNC or elsewhere. In about 10 minutes, we're going to be talking with uh, an RNC committee man from Arizona who also believes in a change of leadership. And he is not the person. And, and I don't and. I'm, I'm, I'm still being open in that particular place, so I didn't mean to infer that I have made a decision. If I had to vote for today, I'd vote for Harmeet Dillon. But I don't. I'm waiting to see what other people have to say and all the things that may come out before and after. But my point is when you say throw, throw out all the bastards or all the bastards are terrorists or whatever, you're sweeping with too broad a brush. And it's not a way that we pick up people who might be interested in America first philosophies or other aspects of the Republican Party or simply the fact that the Republican Party is yet so far the only tool I've been seen or shown or believe exists that can stop reelecting Democrats, maybe not in Colorado, but for national elections anyway. Um, we still have an awful lot of leverage in certain states and certain places, more Republican governors, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to get into all of that. But during the hour I hosted for Deb Flora, we got a call all the way from Hawaii, and I was really irritated because it's just way too warm there. And uh, and I just I brought Edwin on and then realized the time, and we had to let him go. We promised we would call him back, and he did want to talk about the vote for RNC chair. So before I bring up Edwin, and in case you weren't listening to the Deb Flora show an hour ago, I want to play this very short clip from Ronna McDaniel. I mean, look at Arizona. You've had you've had the state party at war with the governor in that state for four years. You the the two candidates for governor, one wouldn't endorse the other. You had one candidate saying, "If you're a McCain voter, get the hell out of my rallies," and then the McCain voter said, "Yeah, I'm not going to vote for you." And uh, in the, I'm not going to go over it again because we've got callers on the line. But uh, um, in the Deb Flora hour that I did, I just simply talked about the fact that if those John McCain voters can't get on board for a Cary Lake, there's nothing to be done except replace them with America first people, people who are excited, who are enthused. We are always told as the grassroots, as the conservatives, the two conservatives, the crazies, as some people who don't know any better like to refer to us, we're always told that, hey, you lost the primary, it's time to get on board. And yet in Arizona, and it seemed like Ronna McDaniel, I don't think, was justifying behavior there. She was just pointing out that both of those factions were saying, if it's you, then I'm not voting. And that is a problem we absolutely have to resolve. It doesn't mean the entire public uh, Republican Party or the entire RNC needs to be swept out because we don't know what we'd get in return. 
But we have to continue to look for, seek out, and support people who put America's agenda first. Because in the long run, and history has proven this to be true, America's agenda is an agenda for the entire world. And I don't mean the way we control wars or, or try and replace you know, dictators or leaders or anything. I mean the agenda of freedom, personal autonomy. A sovereign nation is crucial. And empowering people to do, be their best selves, that's what makes America great. And that's why the American agenda is a world agenda in that particular perspective. But anyway, let's go all the way out to very warm, very annoying Hawaii and bring Edwin back on. Edwin, thanks for uh, working with me. That was kind of an odd situation. Welcome back to the show. Hey, aloha, and thank you for having me back. You are both a gentleman and a scholar, yeah. Randy. Well, thank you, Edwin, and I'm fun to have you listening all the way out in Hawaii. I'll tell you, I've only been to Hawaii one time, and I loved it so much that I actually applied. I don't know what it's like now, but back in the 90s, early 90s, you had to apply if you wanted to become a resident there uh, because of, you know, limited space. You had to have a business or a, a service, a, a skill. And uh, and I actually grabbed all the paperwork from the Chamber of Commerce and brought it with me back to the States and was planning to move. And then and then my beloved grandma had a stroke and uh, just sort of changed not only my those plans, but the direction of my life, because I sure wasn't abandoning her or my grandpa while all that was going on. So I never got back. But it's a beautiful, although very left wing state. So what can we do for you here today in chilly, but not too uncomfortable Denver? <laughs> Well, I wanted I wanted to talk some about the RNC and and quickly let me say to your previous caller and in anybody who feels that passion and anger, the Republican Party and the RNC is what the people who show up make of it, and it is it is natural and completely completely appropriate to feel angry with what we see going on right now. But what you should do is acknowledge that anger and say, you know what? Okay, I'm angry. Now I'm going to get useful. I'm going to participate at my precinct. I'm going to participate in my county party. And I'm going to be bring friends. I'm going to bring a dozen friends with me. And I'm going to do my best to be persuasive. So when we get angry, acknowledge it, and then find a useful course of action. Don't stay angry. Get useful. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Or, you know, focus that that anger down and turn it into positive energy. And that doesn't mean, you know, not gritting and grunting and being, you know, maybe uh, uh, tossing a paper cup up against the wall or something out of frustration. But then get to work. Don't just keyboard warrior. Don't just call in and express your frustration on a radio show. Take action. And I had a wonderful call today, Edwin, with a precinct committee leader here in Colorado who's brand new, got got inspired by the precinct leadership movement that is putting America first citizens into positions of, uh, you know, that most of most grassroots of positions in the Republican Party, which is why Democrats and establishment rhino Republicans are talking about. We got to do away with the caucus. We got to get rid of that old process of doing things. But um, I'm so energized and so empowered because we did reclaim the House. That's going to at least, since you know Mitch McConnell gave away the budget, that's at least going to allow us to do investigations, get real information on January 6th, real information on, on COVID-19 and the, the phony vaccine and all the other stuff 
that we've been struggling for for so long. And uh, and more and more people are waking up. And that, to me, as long as we get our hands around the dysfunction of our election system, is going to bode well for Republicans, America firsters and conservatives in the future. What do you think? I agree. And there is there is another phenomena emerging and it has no precedent in my lifetime as I, as I approach the fifth decade of life here. <laughs> this, this race for or this contest to become the next chair of the RNC is doing two things. One, it is helping educate Republican voters about the actual structure and mechanisms of the Republican Party. I would say a month ago, if you asked 99% of Republican voters what a national committee man is or who they are or what a precinct committee is, 99 out of 100 Republican voters probably could not give an answer. I believe that number has substantially increased as people are actually becoming educated about how the Republican Party actually functions. Two, I'm seeing a network form, and I suppose I'm part of this network. Uh, and this is the network that is coalescing around Harmeet Dillon. And you're going to speak to uh, Tyler, the National Committee man from Arizona, I believe later in the hour. We've got Kurt Slichter. We've got Scott Pressler. But what we're seeing is kind of an unprecedented campaign and a tightly coupled network forming where Republicans all across the nation are realizing that they just don't have to accept the outcome of some sort of insider politics, that they can actually get involved, they can contact their national committeemen out of curiosity compared to your previous your previous times spent as a national committeeman for the Republican Party. How much correspondence have you received in the last few weeks? Oh, yeah. No, I've got more emails on this particular issue than any other, and the vast majority of them are standing up for Harmeet Dillon. Now, you just identified a couple of friends of mine, Kurt Schlichter and, and others. What, what's your role? Why are you um, so knowledgeable about some of these people and, and this particular, um, you know, this movement to apparently replace Ronna McDaniel? So in, in 2020, I was the vice chair for communications for the Hawaii Republican Party, and I was, I was a delegate to Charlotte and, and went up and was able to, uh, one of the people from Hawaii who got to uh, make the nomination for Donald Trump. As soon as I got in the ground in Charlotte, though, I started going around and asking hard questions about infrastructure, about campaign integrity, to as many of the people from the RNC and the staff as I could find, and I got too many shrugs. And then uh, I was involved, I, I volunteered for one of the congressional campaigns here in Hawaii this past cycle. We, had, we have a, a severe uphill climb here in Hawaii. Well, but I'm, I'm going to so, interrupt you just because I'm running out of time, but that's really good background information. I hope you'll reach out to me so we can continue to communicate. Um, Last question for you, and I need kind of a short answer. Have you been in touch with your GOP state chair, your Republican National Committee man and committee woman? Those are the three people from Hawaii who will be voting on new leadership. Do you know where they stand? Absolutely. Uh, for for the chair of the National Committee man, nothing yet, but we were able to get Laura Nakani Lua, the National Committee woman, to endorse Harmie Dillon. Got it. Excellent. Well, 
the times they may be a change. And Edwin, thank you so much for your flexibility today, and thanks for calling in all the way from Hawaii. Let's stay in touch, all right? Mahalo, sir. All right. Mahalo. God bless. Aloha. All of that. See, I speak Hawaiian now. Isn't that cool? All right, let's jump to our break because we've got the Republican National Committee man from Arizona with some updates on Kerry Lake, the election case that uh, that was just lost in Arizona. And, of course, this all-important, it seems to many, RNC chairmanship race that uh, I will get to vote in here in about one month exactly. So stay right here on the Stuff and Tub Show. I'm Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS. All right. Are you about done with the Christmas music? I I have to admit, on the drive into the studio today, I was listening to Christmas music. I just wasn't quite ready to let it go. So... um, doesn't bother me a bit, but I, I know some people are like, I'm over it. Time to move on. Welcome back. Stefan Tub Show. Randy Corcoran sitting in. Good to have you here. Interesting call from Edwin in Hawaii about the RNC chair race and a um, little insight into how the, RN, the RNC committee woman is voting, at least. I guess uncertainty about the other two Hawaii votes. But I do want to continue the conversation because... I have, as a new RNC committee man, two years into my first term, I have never received more emails, more communications about anything than uh, related to the RNC or politics or the radio show on a single topic than those from around the country and many right here in Colorado supporting or suggesting that I encouraging me to support Harmeet Dillon. And so I told Harmeet and I've told everybody who's asked that I have not endorsed yet because I really want to hear people out. But I'll tell you what, when you hear this kind of stuff. I mean, look at Arizona. You've had you've had the state party at war with the governor in that state for four years. You the the two candidates for governor, one wouldn't endorse the other. You had one candidate saying, if you're a McCain voter, get the hell out of my rallies. And then the McCain voter said, yeah, I'm not going to vote for you. Clearly, we have some serious issues to work out. And part of that is going to be worked out through the choice of leadership, which comes up almost exactly one month from today in Dana Point, California. Nobody better to talk about this topic with than someone who's become a friend. He's the Republican National Committee man from Arizona. He's also the uh, Turning Point PNC or the Turning Point PAC, uh, TPUSA, Charlie Kirk group. He works for that thing. You hear him often with Charlie Kirk which plays right here on 710 KNUS. His name is Tyler Boyer, and he joins us right now on the show. Tyler, thanks for your time. Welcome to the show. Tyler, we got you. Tyler, I think we lost him. All right, well, we'll call Tyler back. And... Uh, because I, I, I do want you to get his take. The folks in Arizona have... Um, come out, and by folks I mean the Republican National Committee man, Tyler, the chair of the Colorado, or the Arizona State GOP, Dr. Kelly Ward, former U.S. Senate candidate, an opponent of John McCain's, twice by the way, and they have all come out in support of Harmeet Dillon for RNC chair. And let's see, Tyler just texted what's going on with him. Oh, hung up on me. I must have done something wrong. I'm kind of new at this. Anyway, as we're continuing on the Stefan Tub Show, we've got Tyler back. Let's just go ahead and bring him right up. Tyler, we got you. Oh. 
I'm here. Randy, All right. How are you doing? Hallelujah. My apologies, man. I uh, I've been here before, but uh, um, I must have pushed the wrong button. So God bless you, man. Well, happy to be here and uh, happy to be talking about this very important topic. Yeah, so, I played this clip from Ron McDaniel. Did we, did you hear that before yeah, we lost you? I did. All yes, right. I did. So I've seen a lot of, and I've responded to some Twitter and other social media action on that, where people say, "See, she's corrupt." She's just pointing out a fact when it comes to the battle that's going on in Arizona. Uh, but that fact is part of why there's such a such interest in this chairmanship race as we're now a month away. So I've let the audience know that Arizona has come out in full-throated support of Harmeet. I've told Harmeet I'm keeping my powder dry without a uh, an endorsement at this particular moment because I just want to hear from everybody first. But... Um, Tell me why you guys have gone in so hard for Harmeet Dillon. Well, first, first and foremost, our grassroots has said, I mean, it was 100 to 0 uh, that asked us to not support the current leadership. So, you know, I'm kind of a believer, and I know you are the same, that I'm a representative down at the RNC for, for the, the grassroots for the party um, at the RNC. It's not about me. It's about those people that I represent. And that's a lot of our precinct committeemen and precinct captains all across the state of Arizona. And again, this isn't like a 50-50 issue. This is even a 70-30 issue. This has been 100% of everybody that's in the committee, on the committee and the state committee and from the grassroots has told me, please don't go down there and, and vote for, for Chair, Chairwoman McDaniel again. And so that, you know, that's really kind of the starting point. Second point is what you brought up, which is this whole issue, which is, I mean, we've got a real battle with the party. There's an identity crisis between the Chamber of Consultants, what I call them, and, you know, the, the actual grassroots, the, the America First, you know, freedom-loving people that we have within the party that, that want to see actual movement, you know, moving the ball down the field. So that's why I, I got involved. I know that's why you got involved, is to actually move the ball down the field for the grassroots, for the conservatives. And uh, and that's what they've asked me to do. So that's what that's the direction we're heading here. Yeah, it certainly seems like that's the direction that I'm being guided as well. And I would say this freely: if I had to vote today, I'd be voting for Harmeet uh, without without a doubt. But I haven't heard from Ronnie yet. I haven't seen all the facts and the evidence come out. Uh, for instance, there was this um, sort of expose from Red State on the RNC spending, and it just shocked me as I was reading through that that as one of the 168 uh, on the RNC that I don't have and wasn't provided more knowledge about the exact way that all of these massive dollars that are being raised are being spent. And it right. and in one of my conversations with Harmeet, she indicated that transparency would be at the at the top of her list. And and I just think that's very important. On the other hand, I also saw where the current uh, campaign manager or at least campaign spokesman for Donald Trump came out and said a lot of that spending was done at the request of the White House because they didn't want taxpayers footing the bill for fundraising events and donor events and things like that. So I'm still trying to sort a little bit of fact from fiction in that regard. And I also know when I hear from my grassroots folks that a lot of times they're just reacting to their anger over results, very legitimate feeling. And what they hear or see in a soundbite uh, without necessarily, you know, digging down into what's true and what isn't. And I just think it's important to provide information for people before they or I make that decision. What do you think about that? 
Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of give you my perspective from Arizona. And here's the reality. This is the way I've broken it down in my elevator pitch to people is the reality is this, is that, uh, you know, Arizona is the gateway to the presidency in 2024. So if we don't win Arizona, we don't win Wisconsin, we don't win Georgia, you know, you have to pretty much win all three in order to win the presidency. So I was really let down this year when, you know, the national leadership of the Republican Party and, you know, that's McConnell, that's, you know, Rick Scott, that's Donald Trump, that's, you know, you know, that's Kevin McCarthy, that's Rana, you know, really didn't deliver the way that I think that should have been delivered for Arizona and Wisconsin, to be honest with you, and, and in Georgia. And so, you know, but I'm from Arizona, I focus on Arizona. And look, here's the reality is if we don't get serious about this and start winning races in those three states uh, consistently, then we're going to lose the party. The party is going to lose the country. And we're going to be looking at our kids and grandkids and saying, you know, while they're asking us why we didn't do more in order to protect the country from the radical left as they hijack our elections and try to pack the Supreme Court and emit more states into the union. And so, you know, for me, it's like I look at this, Randy, and I, I say, OK, well, you know, was a couple couple million bucks enough, you know, really to get Blake Masters and Kerry Lake across the finish line? Well, no. And now you hear that soundbite. And it sounds a lot like the chairwoman has some disdain for people like Carrie Lake. And, you know, that that's really hurtful, you know, but it's eye-opening because, you know, we have this divide in the party. And we have to make a decision. Are we going to have, you know, ingenuity and people are going to defend the Constitution and our, you know, our practical, you know, positions within the party platform? Or are we going to just kind of revert back to, you know, Bush-Cheney, you know, 2004, and you know keep running ourselves off a, off a cliff and you know i'm i'm for the i'm for the former rather than the latter couple of things and because i we dropped you and got to you a little bit late we're up against a break here can you stay through a break so we can finish this conversation on the other side i'd be happy to thanks all right, randy all right cool um one of the things i want want you to think about is wisconsin ron johnson won he was an incumbent georgia the pastor one, he was an incumbent. Arizona, the astronaut one, he was an incumbent. Incumbency, of course, is powerful. Um, a lot of what we hear in Colorado from the consultant class and the establishment class and the, uh, you won't know this guy, but the Dick Wadham slash Carl Rove slash Mitch McConnell side of our Republican Party is that all of these Trump candidates were weak and bad, and that's why they lost. I want to explore that with you on the other side. Also see if you've heard anything about Mike Pence, some news that came across from, um, gosh, was it, uh, it was Yahoo.com, and their business side said that Mike Pence has announced a run for the presidency. like to explore that and also get your take on what happened in the Kerry Lake election lawsuit in Arizona when we come back. Can we handle all that in the next segment? Tyler, we got you. Oh, he's already on. See, you're a, you're so far ahead of me, Lewis. Or uh, I'm sorry, Leroy. All right, all right. It's 4:41. We're going to take our break. We'll check in with Lori Kelman in the 7:10 Can US Newsroom. Stay with us. Funky. We are back at 4:47. Randy Corcoran in for Stephen Tubbs today. Tubster, is he back tomorrow? Uh, not okay. Thursday. Got it. Thank you. Tubster's back on Thursday or Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> it changes every second. All right. We're back. And um, 
I think this is right in line with Arizona State or yeah, Arizona State Senator. Well, Arizona Senator John McCain and his thumbs down on Obamacare and Mitch McConnell and his thumbs up on the one point seven trillion dollar omnibus bill, the big FU to the incoming House majority. And then there's this guy. Madam Speaker, I have to say, my girls told me, tell this speaker how much we admire her. Yeah, John. John, John Boehner. Yeah, he cried about everything. And it seems like drinking is a is a thing if you have going to be House Speaker. That was at the unveiling of Nancy Pelosi's portrait. It was just so emotional. Really, really disgusting. The kind of leadership that we want to put very far in the rearview mirror. And I'm so grateful to have a colleague like Tyler Boyer from Arizona on the Republican National Committee. Tyler's back with us now. Uh, had you heard that clip from Boehner? Oh, man, I'll tell you, this, I mean, this is just crazy stuff. I mean, this is what we're up against on our own side. It's just people like patting Nancy Pelosi on the back. And this is the, you said it best, we got to put in the rearview mirror. We, we got to get going here. And if, if we delay another two years, another four years, you know, our country could be completely gone. Yeah, it, it really is that close. I mean, the life raft that was thrown was the 2023 incoming Republican uh, House of Representatives majority. Uh, but then Mitch McConnell just denuded them, just basically cut off any uh, yep. fiscal authority they had with the omnibus. And and we've just got to put pressure on getting rid of these people every time the opportunity comes up. Yep. So how I mean, is Harmy Dillon going to help us do that as opposed to current well, leadership or, or uh, Mike Lindell? Well, I'll tell you, look, I mean, here's the reason why, you know, I'm really excited about change and why I think that's helpful. You know, I told, you know, I kind of we brought up Arizona and, and the amount of spending that didn't happen here during the 2022 election cycle. And we had a real shot in not just Arizona, but also Nevada to add two more senators. But Mitch McConnell didn't like Blake Masters. He didn't like Adam Laxall. Well, why? Because they weren't going to vote for him for leader. So, you know, they, they put his leadership opportunity at risk. And that's how much these people are self-interested. That's why they're patting Nancy Pelosi on the back. And so I, when I talked to Chairwoman McDaniel about this, you know, and I had said a couple of different times to her, and she had even said to me and verbalized to me, so I know that this is this is 100% we were on the same page, was I feel it's really it's the responsibility of the Republican National Committee chair to make the tough phone calls to the Mitch McConnells of the world and say, hey, buddy, you better get in line here, otherwise we're gonna we're gonna vote you out, we're gonna get rid of you, and the Republican party's gonna come forward because that's the whole point of having a party. The whole point of having a party is it just to elect people. It's not to elect turtles, and it's not to elect people who are useless or that collude with the Democrats. It's to elect people and then hold them accountable to the party platform. If we don't do this, the second part, we don't hold them accountable, there's no point to having a party. So my expectation for the RNC chair is that they're going to hold somebody accountable once they get elected or they get into leadership. And if they choose not to do that, then there's no point to having a party, Randy. There's zero point. Uh, it's... You know, I got inv invested into Republican politics as a grassroots activist at the start of the Tea Party movement. 
got up off my couch, got involved. Prior to that, I'd, you know, I'd done on election day, I'd been a Republican lawyer in the war room answering questions about elections and stuff like that. I became a grassroots activist uh, 12 or more years ago now because I knew there needed to be change in the Republican Party. And here in the state, man, we've taken a couple steps forward and then five steps backward with with chair replacements and and things like that. Um, But the the original stink, the original, um, I don't know, backstabbery that we have seen from Republicans who've been elected for a long, long time has just gotten worse and worse and worse. Even Mitch McConnell. And, you know, I, I, I tried to find positive, uh, have positive feelings for him because without him, we would not have the Supreme Court majority that Donald Trump uh, put together for us during his presidency. But that's literally the only thing. If, it, if anything challenges his power, whether it's good for the country, whether it's sending billions and billions of dollars to foreign wars, et cetera. Um, he's lined his own pockets, and he's he's out talking negatively about the only announced, officially announced presidential candidate, Donald Trump. I mean, we have got to, to finish the job and put it in. Now, he's going to age out, but John Thune is standing right behind him. And, right. uh, and so, yeah, no, I'm with you. And one of the things that makes me exciting... It makes me excited, I mean. Maybe it makes me exciting, too, but is the youth movement that's coming to this Republican Party. Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk's organization, you're now involved with that. Uh, I retweeted something on Twitter that said the GOP needs to focus on, one, youth engagement, two, youth engagement, three, youth engagement. And I didn't really see that under current leadership, but I do see outside groups that are making that a focus that can really make a difference coming up. Yeah, I've been running. So I've been with Charlie longer than anybody. I've, I've, I've run. I, so I've had operations built, Turning Point USA from the inside, a lot of the operation pieces for all our different departments. And, you know, we have the largest field program in the, in the movement. Uh, we do the, the face-to-face, you know, what we call clipboard and tennis shoes work on college campuses, which is arguably the most difficult place that you can do it uh, amongst young people. And, we built a digital program, built a fundraising program, built events, so now the largest events in the movement. We just held America Fest here in Phoenix, which we do every year, which was 12,000 people, about twice the size of CPAC this year. And so, yeah, we, we are, we're, we're chugging along. And, you know, to your point, Randy, I've never had a phone call from a single person within the RNC that's, that's called me up and said, hey, we'd love for your perspective on how we can reach out to more young people. Hey, we'd love your help here. I, you know, I've offered it. I've actually even gone down to the building in D.C. and met with these people and, and you know, offered support and offered help. Never once have I got a phone call from from anybody, from the chair, from anybody about, hey, how can we do this better? How can, you know, ahead of this last election? And, you know, we're, we're you know, recruiting and, and you know, um, you know, registering more voters and recruiting more precinct committeemen all across the country. We recruited thousands this last year. And we're just doing it because, you know, the Republican Party in a lot of places isn't doing it. And they're not doing it well enough. And so, yeah, I totally believe that this is the future. We've got to make up a lot of space in the millennial generation with Gen Z, you know, for our retiring baby boomers. And, and we're in this long term. 
Yeah, well, I can definitely feel the energy, and I watched some of the uh, America Fest that was going on in Arizona, and it was it was terrific. Now, will TPUSA and other youth groups still appear at CPAC? Are you going to play in some of the old fields as well? Because I was looking at whether to get tickets this year. Yeah, we we are. I mean, we've we've always been da- we've always been down there. Uh, you know, we've always been helpful. CPAC's kind of changed a little bit. They've gone back and forth. And I think they're back and at their old stomping ground this year. But, I mean, look, I, I can tell you this, is that it's, we've got this gap. This is, the, this is the problem that the Democrats don't have and where they're, they're solidified around, you know, 20-something, 30-something, 40-something-year-olds, right? Ours has this wide gap now where we have young people who are coming up going, you know what, I didn't really love how Democrats handled COVID. And I didn't really love the shutdowns and, I don't really love paying taxes. I don't love the government telling me what to do. And we're seeing that because 30-year-olds were only voting for Democrats. There were two polls done this last this last election. They were only plus two and plus four. These are Obama vo- voters, original Obama voters. They're in their 20s, 10 years ago. And so, I mean, look, you've got a real opportunity to capture young people, but the party has to take it seriously. And, you know, you have to start mentoring people and you have to, start bringing people up and you can't do that with consulting class politics hey tyler we've got the music in the background it's a hard break we didn't get to the arizona election yet you got one more uh pause in you i I can do it all right we'll bring you back on the other side tyler boyer stays with us i hope you will too next hour stefan tubb show stay with us here on 710 knus Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.